1: Welcome to roto Wednesday NBA DFS Podcast, sponsored by FanDuel. I'm Joe Bartle, and joined alongside me is Ben Miller. Ben, we talked about on Monday, I have been on a bit of a schneid, I was able to get a win last week in our FanDuel competition, I was able to persevere again. This week as well, so this is now back-to-back wins. Are you feeling the pressure at all for Mr. 250?
2: I'm thinking about quitting FanDuel. This is <laughs> this is too much. The disappointment right here. I just can't. I don't think I can handle it. You know,
1: well, we two in a row. Is, we can't quit FanDuel. They're our sponsor podcast. I, I take that back. I love FanDuel. All right. There you go. Good. we got to get that out of the way right away. <laughs> right, right, right. No, it was a really close one. We have now kind of transitioned to where we'll be tweeting out our lineups right around 7 o'clock Eastern Time tip-off every day or every game moving forward when we do these podcasts. I had talked about a lineup I had set uh, on Monday, and I kept to that. I stayed with that lineup. You changed it pretty drastically. I ended up, I think, squeaking up by about a point or two, and I really think that would have made a big difference if you had stuck with the original lineup.
2: Yeah, yeah. I I got real nervous with the, you know, Ben Simmons was apparently playing through the flu. Um, It came out, you know, a little bit before tip, maybe like a half hour, hour. Um, So I made the last second switch. I'm like, screw this, dropping Ben Simmons, using, you know, LeBron James instead, definitely didn't pan out. No. I think LeBron had one of his lower.
1: Well, he had like a 44-point game, yeah. which is a typical LeBron game, but in terms of FanDuel fantasy point wise it's not fantastic.
2: Right. No, for him you're looking, you know, 50 to 60 FanDuel points um and Simmons had a decent game. I think at one point, someone was telling me he had like six steals in the game. Oh, I didn't actually look that's incredible. at what his box score <laughs> was. just, just sad. I know. Yeah. I was going to be even more disappointed than I already was. Um, so I couldn't I couldn't look back. But that definitely bit me a little well, bit.
1: Well, my big money play was Joel Embiid, and that was fine. But honestly, we were both really high on Michael Beasley. And then he ended up just throwing a complete egg out there. Yeah, so yeah. there you go. It ended up being more Doug McDermott. That was the score with Chris Epps Porzingis right. out, with Tim Hardaway out. And I will be putting Doug McDermott in my lineup, and I'm a little hesitant about that. I'll be honest, because Chris Depp's playing tonight, at least yeah. as far as we know. So that should change, but... Michael Beasley, we thought that was an automatic play. That did not end up being the case at all.
2: No, Beasley was was real bad. I, they only, I think he barely passed you know, 10 uh, vandal You know, that's that's like that.
1: the difference maker, at least in a tournament. If you get that Beasley pick right, he gets you to the 30 to 35 that we were both anticipating. That's right. more of a tournament lineup that at least that we had both set, whereas we're sitting at 300, probably missed out on money and most of those things. Yeah, so, no, yeah. Uh, Just something to note, you know— <laughs> The automatic plays it feels like that we've been highlighting have just been not automatic and I swear we're using every bit of research that we can when doing this it's just going the other way on, on some of these go-around picks. Right. Yeah. Uh, well let's get to Wednesday's what is it 10 game slate? I think yeah, it's 10 10? game slate yeah Wednesday's 10 game slate a lot of Bigger injuries to note, but we've already know a lot of these. Uh, obviously, Steph Curry has now been ruled out for an extended period. We'll get to the Warriors and how that affects them overall. Uh, a couple guys we've already mentioned, Chris Tapp's is, is coming back. We so we have some high-priced small forwards like LeBron James, like Giannis, like Kevin Durant that are all going to be up there. So a lot of things to discuss and keep in mind when you're sitting in a lap. I think the first ends up being what you want to do with that small forward spot. We talked last broadcast about what we want to do at the center spot. I opt to pay up. We don't normally pay up at the center spot. I think this is certainly a situation where you pay up at small forward. It's a matter of who you want to pay up for.
2: Yeah, I I completely agree. And there's a lot, there's a, you know, multiple, multiple, you know, I think most of our expensive guys are, you know, might be at that small forward spot. We got Giannis, you know, LeBron, Durant, um, all of them are solid plays. You know, I, I like the matchup for all of them, um, but you have to love Durant's price at ten thousand, right?
1: Yes. I, I mean I agree with you. Four of the top five highest priced guys that are playing Anthony Davis is, I think, going to be ruled out, and yeah, Steph Curry's yeah. already ruled out. Those are two 10,000 guys that are, again, I'm expected to be out. So it's Giannis, LeBron, and Kevin Durant. Those are three of the four highest-priced players. They're all at the same spot. I agree with you. I think Durant at 10,000 is not an automatic play, but especially with Curry out, maybe with Draymond Green. Again, we'll get to that in a little bit. Out as well, Kevin Durant's value should go up, and it's a Hornets squad that's been feisty. I don't think you can really assume that... or. Assume, I should say, it's going to be a complete blowout. So they're going to have to rely on Kevin Durant. And he's going to have to play a majority of the minutes. I think that at ten thousand, he's the most automatic of those small forwards. But let's just say for a second, you you decide you didn't want to play Durant. Which one of Giannis or LeBron do you want to use instead? They're about the same price. Giannis at twelve thousand three hundred, LeBron at eleven thousand eight hundred. We know what Giannis did, especially against the Celtics on Monday. Yeah, he had a fantastic game. It feels like he's been doing that all season. And then LeBron has taken up so much of the not even scoring duty, but just ball handling duty as well, and that's along the assists and the cross-category production that you always look at. So which one of those two do you like more?
2: I mean, you are saving 500, so that's... That's a decent chunk of of I mean, that's not a ton. You know, if by going LeBron over Giannis, Giannis has been a little more consistent with with his you know top of the line numbers. I think he's had like you know fifty five plus in the last four or something like that. So it's something crazy. Um, I like that. I don't necessarily like that against the Pistons. They scare yeah. me a little bit. I mean, they don't well, scare me. I thought me, the Celtics
1: but, would scare me too. The yeah, Monday,
2: right, right, right. Um, I still. I, th- I still like LeBron at a $500 cheaper. I-, I think that's, that's better. Like I said, he had a pretty poor outing the last time out and I don't see him putting up multiple, you know, yeah. it seems like a, one of those bounce back situations where he kind of just goes off. So I still like LeBron. Um not saying that Giannis is a bad play. Um, I, I think the matchup, you know, against the Kings for for, for LeBron just seems a lot more enticing. For me. Well, that's
1: why I'm wondering if that's not going to be more of a let's have LeBron James play three quarters type of game because it is against the Kings. And the I mean, the Cavs have been rolling right now. They've been rolling through everybody. But this might be a situation where you look at getting a bit more of rest for some of the players. And I know that that seems to be completely opposite of what Tyron Lue wants to do for all of his players, but especially the biggest star in all of the yeah, NBA, yeah. LeBron. He feels like he's playing him all the time. I wonder if it's not a place where you rest him. I don't mind Giannis at 12300 He's obviously the highest-priced guy. I'm going Kevin Durant, and I'm not going the Giannis direction, but I don't mind somebody doing that. Maybe it's a bit of fanboy in me. Maybe it's just what I was watching at Celtics (laughs) game Monday, and he was just completely dominant. There is not a single team in the NBA that can stop Giannis when he is hot. He got, I think, over 40 points against the Celtics, and he wasn't even hitting any jump shots. yeah, Any at all. So... I'm not afraid of it. I, I know he's going to get the rebounds and get a few of the assists because the ball is going to be in his hands. I know the $500 savings is nice, but I'm worried a little bit about the Kings by the fact that the Cavs are going to beat them, and maybe handily so. And I don't see that situation happening against the Pistons. So I lean towards Giannis in that direction. Actually.
2: Yeah, no, that's completely understandable. I There's definitely some worry uh, about the Cavs blowing out the Kings. I think that's that's pretty clear. I mean— the Kings suck, and I think they're going to be without you know <laughs> Willie Cauley Stein too. So they're starting centers. That's that's only going to hurt them even more. Um, something to worry about. I'm I'm still pushing for Dur- for LeBron over Giannis, but again, like you, I'm I'm a Durant guy for tonight's slate.
1: Well, let's go ahead. You talked about the injuries already. That's the one of the first games on the slate. The the Kings Cavaliers seven o'clock Eastern Time tip off. You mentioned it already Willie Cauley Stein for the Kings will be out with the back injury. Kostov Kufos takes over as the starting center, more, more light and more than likely, I should say. Zach Randolph, maybe Labastier is going to be getting some more minutes instead. I think that Kufos is an interesting name to use as a cheaper center option, but not somebody I really feel confident. I need to see what they actually do, and we might only get one or two games. Depends on how long Kali Stein's out. I want to see what the Kings do first at that center spot overall before I decide to go all
2: in as far as DFS goes. I mean, you love that price, thirty five hundred, at a potential um, starter for for Kufos. I don't. There's no way I'm touching him. He's, yeah. he's, he scares the crap out of me. I don't think he has nearly the the upside that you're looking for, even with a like a minimum punt play option. He just I don't think he has that. I, I wouldn't risk that. I think I'd rather you know go somewhere towards like Randolph or or or, or as the two guys that that benefit even more with. with I think Scal's
1: the tournament play. I think that the Kings. And this is important because Tristan Thompson on the Cavalier side is still out. There is some speculation that he might be able to come back earlier in the week. That's not going to be the case. He's likely to return from that calf injury that's kept him out for about a month now. He's going to be returning closer to the end of the week, maybe even getting into the weekend. So we're going to see more small ball lineups with Kevin Love in there. I wonder if Scal is not a guy that ends up taking over. It's not like Scal's you know huge he's not a seven foot two kind of guy he's around the same size as kevin love i just think bigger and wider i wonder if they don't roll him out there because zach ranoff at this point is probably too slow to be running around with all those cavalier pick and rolls yeah so it might be a scal game as far as a tournament play goes but kufos is going to be getting enough minutes where he's at least a consideration given his price tag
2: definitely consideration i still wouldn't do it I'm, i'm not i'm not suggesting you know people even risk that um scout a guy that played extremely well last year at the end of the year had multiple pretty pretty solid double doubles um hasn't done as much this season you know he's been he's been limited to limited a lot to you know minutes in the teens you know after randolph was was added but you know if he gets the minutes you know if he if he gets 24 25 minutes or something like that i could see him having you know solid enough numbers where at a 3500 hundred dollar price which is the same as kufos that's i Uh, I would like him a lot better that's true
1: i mean they're both listed at 3500 so it's kind of a gamble you're right i'm not going to go that direction there aren't a lot of lower-tier gambles that you can make. There's obviously going to be a few based off of all the warrior injuries. Yeah. But other than that, you're not really looking—nothing's confident, I would say. And that's probably what you should get, given that they are priced at 3500 They shouldn't be confident, plays. No, yeah. No, definitely means. not. Um, the Hawks match another 7 o'clock Eastern time tip-off. Luke Babbitt will be probable, really. He's going to be playing, but I'm not sure, a DFS guy. For the Hawks, and then on the Magic side, Jonathan Isaac going to be out. Terrence Ross out as well. So Jonathan Simmons— getting more minutes not really getting much of a dfs push and now he's priced appropriately where it's like okay he's firmly in that 5000 tier that you feel okay about it you know that he has the potential to go off but it's not likely that he will go off
2: yeah definitely liked him a lot better when he was you know in that 4000 yeah. upper 4000s 4, i mean He's it's 22, 30, and 27 Fando points in the last three, so not horrible. But when a guy's almost at 6,000, you're, you're kind of looking for a little more than that.
1: I agree with you. And this is probably a good point talking about the Magic and Hawks. We talked stackability games on Monday. This is one of those where it's two bad teams that could end up scoring. We, the Magic and Pacers went off for, I think, 2.30 last last Monday. That was—or, I'm sorry, not last Monday— this current Monday, yeah, I should yeah. say, and we liked that matchup quite a bit. This is one of those two where it's interesting, and I look at a guy like Aaron Gordon who was at 8300 You kind of do a double-take when you realize his price. What he was at when we were doing these podcasts last year was like around 5000 6000 yeah. Ever the potential guy, like a Josh Jackson, who the optimizer loves, or at least used to love, and now he's to the point where he is a legitimate-priced uh, power forward, certainly not the highest. Anthony Davis, again, who we expect to be out, is the highest-priced guy. But he's one of those people where you look at his numbers, okay, he's a great tournament play. I'm not sure at 8,300 I feel confident using him in cash game lineups, though.
2: I'll be honest. I think I tried to get him in my lineup tonight, even. Mm-hmm. Um, I had to pay up at a couple different spots, so I couldn't fit him. But Gordon has, has been extremely, extremely good this season, way better than I would have expected. Um, had a couple down games recently, but um, previously he's, he's put up like two or three like monster monster games and that's that's kind of what you're looking for at that price 8300. I would use them you know if I could fit them in my lineup. I'm not gonna lie. It's I... the Hawks, you know, it's a matchup against the Hawks. That's that's great. Like I, I think he's a he's a very solid player.
1: I presented this question in such a way that I was wondering where you go because I do actually have Aaron Gordon in my lineup. <laughs> I do feel good about I recognize that there is risk with it, but at, at times we were talking about Monday and it worked so well. We were looking for people that we know had a floor, yeah, but even higher ceiling. And Gordon to me screams that potential at eighty three hundred. I recognize that there probably are better options. Like you again, you talked about how you wanted to pay up at other spots. I get that. Yeah, yeah. I didn't feel great about some of my mid tier options at power forward, so at eighty three hundred Aaron gordon felt like a good middle ground so to speak getting that potential we're also getting a safe enough floor i feel good about using him
2: yeah and and like i said with that matchup too i mean it's not like he's he's going up against the spurs or something that's that's the hawks so i think easily he could put up you know a a 40 fando point night without a problem and I wouldn't, I wouldn't doubt if he did more
1: well here's another one of your uh plug your nose type of matchups the bulls and pacers seven o'clock eastern time tip off Moradic will be out again with the face uh you know getting punched out early in the year is going to have that effect on you and then on the <laughs> other side of things Corey joseph is a game time decision with the shoulder injury here's another guy that's overpriced or at least maybe not overpriced but again you look at victor oladipo 9400 Ninety four hundred for a shooting guard on the Pacers. I recognize the Pacers stink. I recognize it's a high scoring affair, which is surprising with the Pacers, and Old Depot has went off on a couple occasions, but that's one of those unlike Aaron Gordon where you're like, Oh wow, eighty three hundred by I understand, ninety four hundred seems aggressive for a price tag on him.
2: It it seems extremely aggressive. Like, I don't even know what to think of that. When you mentioned it before the podcast here, I, I definitely double took you and I thought you were kind of kidding for a second, but 9,300 or 9,400 9, is absurd. I don't think he, the thing is his upside numbers. So he had 68 Fandle points and 73 in two of the last seven, which is insane. Right. <laughs> Didn't expect that from him. But then you see him drop to 25 in one game and, and 33. That's a bit. That's a bit of a difference there. That's quite inconsistent. Sixth
1: sixth highest priced player that we know will be playing on tonight's slate. Yeah. Here's the thing though, in tournaments, I don't think it's a bad way. You look at a guy like Kevin Durant, who again we're both on right now, and it almost feels a little chalky, you know, with Steph Curry out, maybe with Draymond Green out. Oladipo has a sneakily fantastic matchup against the Bulls. They suck covering everything, but particularly the guard spots they are horrible at. Oladipo has to score for the Pacers to be in contention for the game. I don't think he gets 35 points, but maybe it's a situation where he gets 25 and gets a few steals, gets a few rebounds, gets a few assists. It's not out of the realm of possibility for me to assume he gets 60 final points against the Bulls. And that right there to me says, okay, this is an under-the-radar tournament player, in my opinion. I don't feel great about using him. Again, double ups. I'm not touching Oladipo. No. I wonder if it's not that bad of a tournament play, though.
2: I'm not sure, man. It's definitely he's priced for his top spot. You know, this isn't a, you know priced for his floor. He's, he's right. priced for what he can do on a, on a big night. That always scares scares me a, a lot. <laughs> you wanted to say Bejebers? I know that, right? Th- yeah, I did. Scared the <laughs> <laughs> uh, Just I would rather him be priced at like a mid eight thousand. Then it's like an automatic, mid, right? right? Then then I feel a lot happier about using him. i just can't do it at, at 9400
1: i had a guy like darren collison again because the bulls stink at covering both point guard and shooting guard they are very high in the defensive positioning metrics when you're looking at that i had darren collison in there at 6500 obviously Oladipo, given how much he's been able to score shouldn't be priced there but again if use around that 85 range it's about as automatic as possible when putting in my lineup i i, I can't go that 9400 route no. when we're talking about double ups tournaments though I do think that's not a bad play. And if you can find a way to get Oladipo and Durant in there, yeah, it might be chalky, but it might also just be the best play. Sometimes that happens.
2: Yeah, it it helps with the matchup. It really does. Yeah, but... I can't do it.
1: <laughs> I, I understand. Well, let's move on to the Grizzlies. Knicks, seven thirty Eastern Time tip off. We know Brandon Wright will be out with the groin injury. My Con- Conley obviously is going to be out with the Achilles. On the other side of things with the Knicks, we know Tim Hardaway will be at least out for the next two weeks. Damian Dotson has been getting the start, but Doug McDermott, who I mentioned earlier, has been getting more of the minutes, kind of off the bench type of thing. Kind of more as the score. You look at how he's been playing. It's a lot of three point shooting, a lot of just playing. I'll, I'll call it boxy defense. And I, when I boxy in basketball we're thinking box out that's not so much what i'm thinking it's kind of just in your face you're there your body and frankly that's kind of all what doug mcdermott's career it feels like has been at yeah. this point so i think that he's not a bad play at 3500 given that small forward spot you're you're risking not using multiple quality small forward options which there are we again we mentioned at the top of the broadcast we like a lot of those high price guys all of them for a fact but I think that he's not. If you're going to do a stars and scrubs, McDermott has to be one of the scrubs that you're putting in your lineup.
2: I'll be honest. I don't. I don't know if he has the upside for it. He, he's getting getting the minutes, which I you know we talk. You know, at that's what about. I look about. Yep. Yeah, we talk about that a lot. Where you know, if they're getting thirty minutes in there, and, and that's at, all, at almost a minimum price. You know, mm-hmm. that's something that you always look for. I don't know. I think he's he's kind of limited to a peak at like twenty-five, like peak. Uh, that 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 might be fine for his price at thirty five hundred, but I think he's, he he gets stuck in the in the upper you know teens a little too much when he's getting that that big of a minutes low.
1: There's some risk, and honestly, I'm I'm thinking exactly of Michael Beasley, who again we were all right. over on Monday. Now he won't be playing because Chris Taps Porzingis is probable with the ankle injury, so it's Beasley back to the bench, and also Beasley meaning no DFS asset. But I get a little bit of those vibes with Doug McDermott that maybe you know you're right he could only get about 18 points and then you're like Pfft, okay that that ended up not working out at right, all it looks right. bad in your lineup when you have other guys sandwiched around i think it's entirely feasible for mcdermott to get around 20 to 25 given the amount of minutes he's looking at and giving them of shooting that they're asking him to do with tim Hardaway out and that's all i need i need the probability of it i need a chance
2: yeah and then i'll go ahead and roll my dice with that i think but that's yeah that's fine um i yeah no, that's fine. Yeah. we'll, we'll get I'll to I'll give it. you we'll that. Get, we'll get to it. That <laughs> that's fine. You're just excited. I won't to hate, talk- on you, hate on you anymore for
1: that one. <laughs> well, we're, you're just excited to talk about the Warriors Hornets. That's an 8 o'clock Eastern that's time tip off. Again, a lot of big things going on with this. Steph Curry, we already know, will be out for the next couple of weeks. However,. Patrick McCaw, who has kind of been the guy that's benefited a lot from his mitts, he's already going to be out as well. That was a, a generous thing to be having him ruled out because now we know that Sean Livingston and Andre Iguodala are going to get a bump in minutes. And I swear to God, Fanduel recognized this because when I was in my laps originally, I, I thought Livingston was thirty five hundred. I go back to put him in my lap, and boom, he's forty four hundred. I swear they made some sort of adjustment.
2: Yeah, they somehow they saw McCaw coming. It's like Vegas. How <laughs> Vegas knows everything. Uh, they, Fanduel knows everything too. They're, they're, they're one of those. So
1: I mean in my original app I had McCall in there as a shooting guard option I change over to Livingston that's only a $100 savings cuz they were about the same priced player long term we talk DFS so I'm not really season long but long term DFS it's McCall that's going to get more of the
2: minutes out of this right I mean he's the younger guy it seems you know be fresher legs you know Livingston's old yeah I, I think not I mean not crazy old but, right but older and I, I think McCoy it makes more sense for the Warriors to, to roll with McCoy and you know help his development more as you know a previous second round pick you know I think I think that's a guy they'd rather get bulk minutes for it's not like the Warriors are gonna be hurting you know, that, that that's gonna hurt them you know because they got Kevin Durant you know Draymond Green right. blah 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 they, they're they they're gonna win these games no matter what so you might as well roll out a younger guy give him some some reps. Um, I, yeah, so I like McCaw as is the guy moving forward once he once he's cleared. Um, but yeah, tonight obviously with McCaw Livingston's going to have. I agree a,
1: with you for different reasons though. I think the Warriors, especially Steve Kerr, I respect him a lot as a head coach. I know that he's been placed on maybe arguably the best NBA team ever. Yeah, certainly for the last two thousands, you know, like 2000, 2015, I think like that range this Warriors team is going to go down as one of the best teams of all time. I do think of him as a pretty good coach, and in that regards, I wonder if he's playing Patrick McCaw, not so much because he's the younger player, not so much to save Livingston, but more so to get some of those reps under his belt, to get some more confidence in a young player like Patrick McCaw, who will be a bit piece when you are in the playoffs, but an important bit piece in that he can kind of go around and cover a lot of different people and maybe provide an offensive spark when you need to. So I wonder if that's why... He's not going to benefit more, as opposed to we know what we get out of Sean Livingston, or at least Steve Kerr does. He might not know what he has yet in Patrick McCaw, or certainly he wants to get to that point where he does, and that's where the uh, the minutes are going to benefit him. That's my opinion of
2: that. Yeah, especially because McCaw hasn't, you know, necessarily been a guy that you we we would would have expected to see at point guard previously. You know, he he played a lot of wing minutes mm-hmm. in, in the past, so I think with him being not rel- not new, but like. Uh, you know, more of more green at the, at this spot, I think that's that's another good reason for it.
1: Zaza Pachulia, I think, was ruled out on Monday, and he was a guy that I was kind of considering in my lineup. Be- well, I'm sorry, I was kind of considering JaVel McGee, who started for him on Monday. I'm glad I didn't go that route because McGee only got 15 points. I think, again, if Pachulia were to be ruled out with a shoulder injury, again, he's a game-time decision. McGee would be a guy that you consider, but not so much where I want to use. It's more important because draymond green is also yeah. a game time decision with his shoulder injury i think if green is out it even isn't so much that mcgee could score it's more that he's going to get a lot more rebounds and Pachulia, while he can do that we know he's capable of that i don't feel like he's as aggressive getting the rebounds as mcgee is i think that's kind of like yeah. his thing especially with the blocks too so if great if green is ruled out if draymond green's ruled out i wonder if mcgee actually doesn't become a better play assuming patchouli is also ruled out
2: yeah, I think if Green and Pachulia are out, you can definitely consider it McGee. I mean, he only had eleven minutes, I think, in the last game. Right, and he started.
1: Yeah, in, yeah. in place of
2: Pachulia. So there's that. And they, they did some weird. I know David West had thirteen minutes. Jordan Bell had like some low twelve minutes. It was kind of they just threw everyone in there for. But a this chunk is of, a
1: game against Dwight Howard, against yeah. Frank Cominci, against Cody Zeller. It's not like you can really hide some of these smaller guys. This right. has to be a big tall guy type of game, and I think that's where McGee kind of comes into play.
2: Yeah, no, I, I think you're right, and, and the fact that. There's so many guys out in the front court. Potentially, um, I think you're right. He could be a guy that sees 20, 25. I don't, I don't think he'll see 30 at all. You no, know, I, I think I agree 20 with you. to 25 would be reasonable for him, which could give him, you know, Lob City, Javale mm-hmm. McGee yeah. could be, could be a guy to consider. And McGee's at 3,500. So right. there's
1: that. If you really, really want to pay down at the center spot, there's a couple of quality options, higher price. But other than that, I don't really feel like the mid tier is where I'm going to target. There's one guy that I feel okay about. Not great, frankly. I might change my lineup come seven o'clock Eastern time tip off. And I bet you the center I have in currently is going to be when I get out. But as it stands right now, I think McGee at 35 is okay. If Draymond Green is ruled out, we're looking at maybe Jordan Bell, maybe more David West. It's yeah. gonna be a weird, funky game overall. I think that's where I'm just going Kevin Durant, and then i kind of staying away from everything else.
2: Yeah, we could even see more Durant at power forward. Yeah, as well. that's so true. That could that could, you know, impact in maybe getting Iguodala more time with with Durant moving over a position. Um so yeah, I think there's a lot of things to consider there, but we kind of need to know more whether you know Paciuli is out or Green's out to to really you know make a de facto statement.
1: Hopefully we'll get that information before we officially submit our line to you the listeners at 7 o'clock eastern time tip off on the road to Wear twitter page we'll move over to the pistons bucks eight o'clock eastern time tip off john Luer for the pistons we've already talked about him quite a bit ankle injury he's out on the buck side of things two guards that really don't matter matthew delvedova knee injury jason terry calf injury out for likely extended periods of time nuggets pelicans eight o'clock eastern time tip off Here's a different one. Uh, well, not different. I mean, we've talked about this now a little bit. Uh, Jokic is going to be out again with the ankle injury. So Kenneth Farid has really stepped in admirably. He's a fifty-five, fifty-eight hundred 5,800 price power forward that I like quite a bit. But Farid's kind of taken over for Millsap because Millsap's going to be out again for a little while. So now it becomes the center roulette for the Nuggets. That didn't work out for you on Monday. At least you were thinking about using, I believe, one of the 13 Plumlee brothers that are in the NBA <laughs> yeah, currently. Right. That didn't work out for you Monday. However... With DeMarcus Cousins being one of the lone options on the Pelicans team, that's good, I guess I'll say. I like I like Drew Holiday, too. I like a few of those guys, but we know what Cousins' talent is. Yeah, Do you think that this is a game where they end up utilizing someone like Plumlee significantly more as opposed to a Wilson Chandler, Kenneth Farid, even the, the trio of guards they tend to use? At the point guard, shooting guard, small forward spot,
2: I think so. I, I think Plumlee is is someone that they're going to have to have to like they have to roll with. I don't think they have very many you know options behind him to match up with someone like Cousins, like you said. But do I like that matchup? Not so much. You know him him up against Cousins. You know is, is scary in itself. He's he's gonna have to put a lot of a lot of energy and work into defending Cousins as it is. So I don't know how much he's gonna be doing offensively. But are you expecting
1: to, Plumlee to score? Because I'm never when I'm putting Plumlee in my lineup, I'm not expecting him to score even if he was against
2: me. <laughs> I mean, with his price, I I think he's like a mid-tier guy, right? Yeah, so. he's at fifty-eight hundred. I mean, he, he's higher priced. I understand at that. At that price, you kind of have to have the guy score. I I think that's yeah. the, the the thing is he only played nineteen minutes, which in the last game, which is which is not great. You, you don't, yeah, you don't want that. But um, I look at the Mavericks. That's who he played.
1: New Noel, we know, isn't really in the rotation. Dirk Nowitzki isn't somebody I'm putting Mason Plumlee on anyway. There isn't a guy that screams, I need Mason Plumlee out on the floor. That probably is a situation I didn't watch the game. I probably should have, where someone like Harrison Barnes is running around as the four, and you probably want to play down smaller. I don't think that's the case against the Pelicans. I think DeMarcus Cousins is going to be out there a ton. And then it's everything else. I think Plumlee has to be your guy covering him because I don't know the, who else the Warriors could put out there. I'm sorry, who the Nuggets could put out yeah. there besides Plumlee to cover Cousins.
2: No, that, that's definitely a valid argument. I just don't think he he scores. I know you said you don't you don't need. Him I'm to just sc- not putting. I, him I, in I, a d- I just don't think he scores enough to to do that. And I get maybe his boards can put a solid floor for him. Um, I just I don't think he does enough there. Um, I'd rather you know bank on some other players on the Nuggets to to kind of, you know, who I expect to pick up the scoring load, like, yeah. like Jamal Murray or Gary Harris. Which we were on again Monday. That worked yeah. up pretty well. That yeah. was
1: one of those value plays that we were actually on. Right, like. right. Yeah. So I, I agree with you. I think the scoring comes there. I, I think of it maybe too much in football terms. When you look at a cornerback, if you were ever to play in an IDP league, and sometimes the cornerbacks get thrown on are ones you actually want to utilize because, A, they're going to get – tackles right and b they're going to get turnovers potentially because all it takes one weird bounce and you have a pick and that you can maybe go for pick six or whatever else fumble recoveries too i think that they're going to be targeting him quite a bit but that actually opens him up to get maybe a handful of steals a handful of sounds too much maybe a steal maybe a block <laughs> right just some weird stuff like that and then that's all you really need for a guy that's 5800 in my opinion
2: yeah and if, if you're paying down for center that's completely understandable if you if you want to you know risk it and go with Plumley.
1: well here's another center that you def- definitely could pay down for heat spurs 8:30 30 eastern time tip off Hassan Whiteside will be out that means your boy Bam Bam is going to be in there starting at the center spot and he's gotten some minutes given where they drafted him I was surprised to see him well really get as much time as he's gotten for the heat this season I thought he would be more of a developmental prospect but he me- immediately has been getting enough minutes where you're like, oh, I, I think I have to consider him certainly in season long leagues, but in DFS too.
2: I think, I think you're right. Uh, he's someone you can consider. I'd prefer him to be closer to that McDermott 35, $3,500 price. Um, I don't know. He, he hasn't done enough for me to, to kind of be a guy that I really want to pay down for. I'd, I'd rather use a guy like Barton who's only, you know, you know, a thousand dollars more. I, th- I think out of bio, he's had a couple big games. I think there's a couple like 30, fan to a point again i just don't think he, he's done it consistent enough even you know that he's 4500 yeah um i i still don't think that's he's a, he's a guy i really really love i think it's me that he's going as a spurs
1: like i'm that not too yeah. i'm not really targeting that i understand that Lamarcus aldridge isn't like this defensive stalwart you don't think of Lamarcus aldridge and think oh he's going to shut me down but i don't really think that bam bam i i just like to call him that you can call him your last <laughs> name whatever you want but i just don't think that he's going to be a huge factor when it comes to the Spurs, whatever it is about the Spurs, they feel like they can shut those guys down. And I, I'm not going that direction, but you talk about their team. Rudy Gay is likely to play with a heel injury. He, you were on him on Monday. He ended up being pretty good, bringing back yeah. a little bit of value. He's another one of those small forwards around that five thousand price tag that you can certainly slot into your lineup. We know the Kyle Leonard, of course, is still going to be out. He is likely to make his debut like later this week again, kind of like Tristan Thompson. Kyle Anderson also will be out two to three weeks. So really, again, Rudy Gay, never a bad option. I understand the Heat defense is pretty good, but I don't. I don't feel scared buy that defense enough where I don't want to use a guy around 5,000 getting 30 minutes night.
2: Yeah. I mean, he was, it was 4,800 last, you know, on Monday. He's now up to 62. Um, so that's quite a, quite a big, oh, yeah, I was
1: completely off on that. Wow.
2: Yeah. He's, he's, his, his price has kind of skyrocketed off that one performance. And I wouldn't be surprised if he has another like 3640 mm-hmm. fan to point game, just because no Kyle Anderson, um, no Kawhi Leonard, but I think this is about that one tiny window where Gay is going to have that value for, for a long time. Because the second Leonard comes back, he's slotting back in at, at yeah. small forward, and there goes all of Gay's value. So if you if you really want to use Gay at some point this season, do it now. <laughs> this is the time. We'll run through the the last
1: lineup here quickly. Timberwolves Clippers, 1030 Eastern time. Uh, Bielitsa for the Timberwolves is going to be a game time decision if he's out. Gibson, Gorgie Yang, I'm not really on either of those guys. On the Clippers side of things, we know that Gallinari is a game. Game time decision. He could return after a 13 game absence, but good luck using him in your lamp. That's that's about as risky of a turn. <laughs> you're just flushing money down the drain if you're using a guy after a 13 game absence. That was like, like our Batum thing, though. Yes. Remember when we, we thought Batum yeah, was gonna be yeah. brutal? Um, and and the came Clippers are dumb. I... They do dumb stuff. I could see them. I could see them pulling off something like that.
2: Uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't touch Gallinari. Not a chance. No,
1: the RotoWire Optimizer lamp also is not on Gallinari, and I don't blame it. Really, it was on Anthony Davis. However, I did exit it out. I anticipate that changes by the time that the listeners here are clicking through and looking at. At the Rotorweiler Optimizer lineup. However, Optimizer Lab does like Goran Dragic going against the Spurs at 5,800. Dennis Smith is another point guard option who you were kind of on. Um, and I have been too. I think I've been on him for most of the season, truthfully. I'm not. Sold on his matchup against the Celtics, but 5,600, Dennis Smith is not a bad option. Drew Holiday, I am all over going against the Nuggets at 7,100. I love him as a shooting guard option. Kent Bazemore at 5,500, I should say, against the Magic. Kevin Durant, optimizer, is liking him as the second highest priced option on their lineup at 10,000 going against the Hornets. Andre Iguodala is following that up. He's likely to get some more minutes with Steph Curry out. At 4,000 price tag, not a bad idea for the sub- small forward. Zach Randolph at 5,900, and Michael Beasley ay, at 4,700 for the power forward options of the RotoWire Optimizer lineup. And finally, the highest priced player on the Optimizer lineup, Demarcus Cousins, going against. The thirteenth Plumley brother and the Nuggets <laughs> squad. He's at eleven thousand three hundred. Again, I don't think that that's a bad play on the cousin side. I actually wonder if the Plumley play isn't just as good too in that in that regard. Given the price tag of the two players,
2: yeah. With the lineup, I, I like the structure of it. I, I like the, where they're paying up. I don't think the cheap options are the guys I'm looking at. Yeah, um, I think that that ends up being more of a roster construction than them.
1: I th- I think I like how they did the 11,000 and the 10,000. Yeah. I get yep. that. I like that a lot. The cheap options and where they go is a bit of a head scratcher, but mm-hmm. I think it's more so that you're kind of stuck. You have to use it at shooting guard and you, well, I'm sorry, at point guard and you have to use it at small forward or power forward because you don't want to take away too many of those juicy options like the Kevin Durant's or like the, uh, oh, I'll say Drew Holiday because he's in my lineup. Yeah, yeah. You want to keep those spots open for those players. So you, I feel like you're kind of hamstrung in that regards.
2: No, definitely. And shooting yards, like I, I say it all the time, your shooting guard sucks to try and <laughs> to tr- pay down at. Like there, there's not a lot. You know, right. as, as soon as you know you you go below the mid p- mid tier at all. So, um, yeah, that's that's tough not to pay up there. Um, so that's definitely gonna leave you paying down at point guard or, or power forward. I agree with you. Yeah. And uh, we've been making these changes, obviously, we've mentioned now uh, a couple
1: times. We will be tweeting out our official lamps closer to 7 o'clock Eastern time tip-off. I appreciate all the support we've been getting uh, on Twitter. We had a nice little conversation with, and now it feels like our friend at this point. I know him so well. Uh, and he was <laughs> certainly on my case, uh, really, for my lives before I understand that. He's way he's listening to you way too much, Ben. I think that's the problem. Is That, that could be, We're yeah. not getting enough support from the Mr. 250 over true, here. Very true. At the same time, we will, again, be tweeting out our at around 7 o'clock Eastern time tip-off. I think that my lineup is likely going to be pretty similar. It's going to be what I want to do if I want to keep with Mason Plumlee. But we'll go ahead and run through what we have now. And again, it's subject to change. We'll be tweeting. I'll be on the RotoWire uh, Twitter page by that point, uh, yeah. closer to seven o'clock you should have right. tip off. So, with that being said, I'll go ahead and give you my high price guys, and then we'll kind of just run through it all after that quickly. I went with Kevin Durant, obviously in my lineup at ten thousand. The next highest price guy, Kyrie Irving. Against the Mavericks, 8,900. I like that quite a bit. We talked about Janice and what he did against the Celtics. What Kyrie did against the Bucks was pretty impressive too because yeah. the Bucks defense has been turning around as of late. He's one of those guys that you know, you're always so high in somebody that lowest price of the year kind of deal and you want to use him. Irving's trending up. I recognize yeah, that. Yeah. His price is going up higher. At the same time he's becoming more of a focal point of that Celtics offense, I think he's getting into a rhythm. And I want that against the Mavericks team that I think is going to give them a little bit of a problem truthfully i think it's going to be one of those that you sleep on them and then ends up being a uh, 110 to 107 or 104 kind of game that's how i feel personally
2: i don't know if i see the game staying close maybe for for a bit the celtics will pull away late but it's a good i mean from irving specifically I, I don't think they have much to to really defend irving so i think i think you're right that this is this is an opportunity for him to have one of those big scoring nights that, he, yeah. that he's, that he's come um, accustomed to. Um, so I have no, no gripe at all with that, with that play. I, I couldn't afford that. I had to pay down at point <laughs> guard. Um, but I think I think that's a very solid play. Good matchup for him.
1: My other two highest priced guys, Aaron Gordon, 8,300. We talked about him quite a bit. And really, I mentioned Drew Holiday when we were talking about the roadware Optimizer. Against the Nuggets, I think that's a fantastic matchup. I'm kind of surprised, given how high Oladipo was priced, that Holiday wasn't similarly priced. Yeah. Again, not 9,400, because again... Super aggressive Fanduel on that pricing for Oladipo at seventy one hundred. I thought he'd be more like an eight thousand guy. That's where i will be like, scoffing at it. No way! I'll take that thousand dollars savings and use him every time.
2: Yeah, I, I used him on Monday, and I think he had almost fifty? Fame he was points. fantastic, so I, I, especially with Anthony well. Davis yeah. out.
1: Especially with Anthony Davis out, yep. Holiday has now had to step up and be more of that scorer and be a facilitator too of that offense. It's not just stuck between Davis and Cousins. It's now Cousins and Holiday. I like that seventy one hundred quite a bit. Yeah, usage
2: is up. You can't you can't go wrong with that.
1: Uh you for your high price guys, you want the optimizer lamp route, you went to Marcus Cousins, you want Kevin Durant, two ten thousand plus price guys in there. And then the next highest priced, Tyreek Evans, seventy eight hundred. So that's kind of you jumping around a little bit there.
2: I've been I've been rolling a lot with Tyreek Evans lately. It's just, yes, he has been so good. Yeah, he's been hot and, and it's not like he's at an excessive price, like he's still seventy eight hundred, so that's that mid upper ish tier there. I like that a lot. You know, it's it's the Knicks, that doesn't scare me at all, you know, with with the right. matchup wise. I, I, I'm going to continue to roll with him you know he, he's starting over Chalmers Chalmers doesn't get much minutes anymore so it's it's the Tyreek Evans and, and Gasol show at this point and, and I'm I'm completely on board with that you know Cousins and Durant kind of speak for themselves you know no yeah, Anthony Davis absolutely. Cousins is, is getting all those and Durant with an injury as well so don't need to say much there um And then, then there's a lot of a lot of mid, <laughs> well, mid-tier guys. We'll get me. to that. Yeah. I, mean, like,
1: I think that's where our lineup is quite a bit. Yeah. I have Nicholas Patum as my other shooting guard at 6,500. If I could have found a way to get that $1,300 savings, I would love to have a lineup with Drew Holiday and Tyreek Evans in it. But I didn't want to forfeit what I had in Kevin Durant. Maybe a situation where you forfeit it with Kyrie Irving for my lineup. I, I think he does pretty well, too. So I'll just run through the rest of my lineup. Kyrie Irving is my one-point guard, Sean Livingston, who I think will be – About as automatic as chalky of a play as it gets tonight at his forty three hundred price tag, I want to just temper people's expectations. He's not going to be getting over thirty points tonight, over thirty Fanduel points. I feel very secure in saying he's not going to do that, but he's going to provide enough value at his forty three hundred price tag that you kind of have to have him in your lineup.
2: So I looked back and I think the one the one start he had, he had he did he did surpass the thirty Fanduel point mark. I think it was like thirty five or something. Okay, Um, that was far and away his best performance of the right. year. There's nothing nothing even close to that. Um I agree. I think tempering expectations might be might be right for that. Um, but I still think if you need to pay down at point guard, that's that's your guy. Like there, there's not really right. much. There, there else isn't there. anywhere yeah. else
1: to go. And I, I understand there's no gray line when it comes to it's Sean Livingston or you're going up to the yeah. 5,600 on ratio. So he will be in everyone's lineups and that's okay. I think you have to find different ways to differentiate. We talked a little bit about Victor Oladipo as maybe a tournament play. Aaron Gordon is another one of my kind of plays I like. Again, he's in my lineup as well. But just looking at the rest of it, Doug McDermott, I am putting in my lineup at 3,500 as my second small forward. We talked about Batum and Holiday as the shooting guards. Kevin Durant as the small forward. Kenneth three at 5,600, I like quite a bit as a power forward option. I recognize that DeMarcus Cousins is there. I recognize that it'll be tough for him to get the rebounds and scoring, but somebody's got to do it. Some, somebody's going to be. I'm actually going to double down, and I also have Mason Plumlee in my line, so I'm getting both those guys in there. I recognize the the skill that DeMarcus Cousins has. If Anthony Davis was playing. I'm not going this right at all. Right, right. But with just one of those big guys in there that's so studly, I feel okay about using Kenneth Farid and Mason Plumley.
2: Yeah. And I, I think that was one of the games on Monday. We I, I mentioned that I loved almost every single person that Nuggets lineup yeah. for, for the stack reason. <laughs> right. For the stack. Um, Cause I mean, you got both guys filling in for for Jokic and, and Millsap. So you can't go wrong there. Um, I'm, I'm obviously going Murray yep. as, as the guy of that lineup that mm-hmm. I like, I think he's going to be the one that kind of scores uh, in bulk there. Um, him and him and gary harris I, I couldn't fit harris in there but um i like murray a lot then if i had changed something it, it's gonna probably be avery bradley he's at his lowest price so that's okay. that's what i love okay. that's, but that is your thing he's just he's just been real bad like real bad he, he hasn't done much of anything um so i'm hoping there'll be you know another injury that pops up where i can kind of flip him out um you know that's that's like i said it sucks paying down for shooting guard and that, that's what i had to do with bradley um so if something else shifts there that's him in he's probably gonna be the guy i try and i try and flip out um then i'm kind of finishing off with cunningham dante cunningham who's filling in for anthony davis as a starter um list as a small four at 4600 i like that too i, I agree with you especially yeah. against the nuggets yep we're talking about how they're gonna be
1: playing yeah they i mean kenneth Freed is not a tall guy so really cunningham probably matched up size-wise pretty well to him
2: right and i think he had 32 minutes the last game mm-hmm. it was very very solid you know that's what you're looking for at the 4600 price um then Tobias Harris and, and Ersan Ilyasova are my two you know mid tier power forward guys. Uh, I like Ersan Ilyasova, you know without Deadman or Collins or uh, Muscala. Yeah. You know, a ton of dudes out um haven't loved the minutes he's seen. That scares me a little bit. Um still I feel like he's got the most, you know, upside of anyone in that front court. So I'm going him and then and Tobias Harris is Tobias Harris. He he occasionally has that big game. Yep. Um, so I think that's a fine price at 6,300 for him. It
1: sounds like both of us don't feel great about our lives, but okay, enough where we can get by with this podcast. And I think that does it. I mean, I, I really do feel like I'm going to be making some changes, probably not too many big ones, but some changes. Close to the seven o'clock Eastern Time tip-off, so make sure you stay tuned to our Twitter channels and the RotoWire one. You can follow me at JB Fantasy and of course Ben, where can they follow you at? Yeah, Ben Benman doing what? Still the best Twitter handle at RotoWire. Let's go ahead and talk a little bit about Fanduel first before we sign off. Obviously, we love the fact that we can compete against one another. I love the fact that I can beat you now two times in a row. It feels great, honestly, to just get off the schneid and kind of get a bit of winning streak of my own. But we like the tournament aspect of it as well. I mean, we talked about a lot of different tournament plays. I, I think that there's enough of a population playing on FanDuel where there's a lot of different minds that are going on. And I feel like I'm competi- competing against you know 500 different people every single night. But it's also everyone else that's you know, got a whole bunch of different other things going on, whether it be double-ups, whether it be even the head-to-head games, which I kind of dabble in every once yeah, in a while, yeah. too.
2: Fanduel is pretty good. A lot time. of different strategies you can try and try and roll out there, and we try and evaluate that we're not really sure if we're doing it right or not. <laughs> yeah, but. We are. We always, <laughs> we always are doing it right. Come uh, no, but yeah, I love Fanduel. Um, we can play a little head-to-heads personally. We can you know play against the masses. It's it's great.
1: And of course, if you want to get a free wire six-month subscription, you can go to. RotoWire. I'm sorry. You can go to Fanduel.com/rw with your first deposit on Fanduel. It's void where prohibited. You get that first deposit on Fanduel. You get that first free six month subscription to RotoWire. Uh, you also get a spot in the free or the, the NFL Million Dollar Maker, which obviously you can make million dollars. Absolutely. On NFL, we got to love that too. And if you really want to talk to us besides Twitter, if you just want to stop talking to Ben over Twitter, you can always leave some comments on Stitcher or iTunes. We always love those. We appreciate that a lot. And makes a lot of big difference when we're doing these podcasts. So we'll be back again Monday to talk more NBA DFS. Talk to you then.